Your phone rings, and you answer it without a second thought. On the other side, a voice tells you that you are in danger of legal action if you don't provide them the information that they're requesting. They claim to be with a government agency. Has this happened to you? What should you do if it does happen to you? Let's hear from a fellow team member exactly what they did when they received this call and learn what you can do if it ever happens. Hello everyone, my name is Drew Walker. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Within These Firewalls, a CyberSmart podcast. We're going to get right into our interview with fellow Novon Health team member Tracy to hear her story and hopefully pick up a few tips to use ourselves. Good morning, Tracy. Thank you so much for agreeing to to talk with us this morning and to give us a little bit of your time. Um, I just want to go ahead and dive in. Tell us about this phone call that you received. What happened? Hey, so I received a phone call from a gentleman who identified himself as um, Social Security Administration. Sorry, I was drawing a blank. Um, and he wanted to know, do you know why I'm calling you? And I said, no, sir, I do not. Um, I have no record with the uh, um, Social Security Administration that I would be drawing anything. So I had no clue why he was calling. He said, well, your account has been linked to some criminal activity. I said, okay. And he, he said, well, um, I need the last four digits of your Social Security number. I said, um, I'm not sure about that. And he said, well, you are Tracy M. Patterson, correct? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, I need the last four digits of your Social Security number. I said, no, sir. I said, I'm not sure this phone call is legit. When I said that, he was already kind of somewhat abrupt in his tone of voice when he spoke with me. That's what was the trigger because I was confused as to why anyone from the Social Security Administration would be kind of angry acting to me when they called me. Um, he really got defensive and I asked, may I place you on hold? And he said, sure. So I reached out to my administrator, Stacy Davis, and I said, I'm going to need to talk to you a second. And so she came in here into the office and I told her what was going on. And I said, I'm not comfortable giving him my, you know, last four of my social security number. I said, this makes no sense. And she's like, yeah, don't do that. And so when I went back to the phone, um, as I referenced last week, I told a little white lie. I said, I consulted with my lawyer, um, and I'm going to need you to send anything that you need to send me via a certified mail. And he said, if you hang up this phone, I'm filing legal action against you. I said, okay, sir, just send everything to my house in a certified manner. Have a good day. And I hung up the phone. Um, so it was just the, his mannerisms were just very abrupt. He was not kind and it made no sense as to why he would speak to me in that tone of voice, but I tried to remain professional and kind to him at all times, even though he was not to me. And the only reason I picked up the phone in the first place was I was conducting phone interviews that day from the office on our patients who were, um, would be receiving care in a week. So I answered in a number that I didn't recognize because I thought it was a patient calling me back. Um, and I know we talked about, you know, had that been on my cell phone, obviously I would have never picked up the phone because it, A, it's probably going to flag at potential spam, and B, if it's a number I don't recognize, then I figure that's what it is, so I don't answer those phone calls. That's good, and it sounds like you pretty much did exactly what you should have done in this situation. Um, I, I really can't find any faults in your responses or, or how you handled it. Um, I love that you were uh, patient and, and kind with this person. Uh, it would have been very easy to just hang up the phone or to get rude back. And I, I think that speaks volumes of, of you and your character, first of all, that you were able to be this kind of person still. Um, so what I would like to know, what I'm curious about is, how did you know that what you needed to do? How did you know to, to put them on hold and, and to ask someone? Is that just kind of a default? If you're unsure, is that something you've been taught or? 
Well, that's just kind of my mannerism. If I'm unsure of something, I'm not going to proceed with it, whether it be with patient care or like this gentleman questioning me for my social security number like that was completely bizarre. And so I'm just going to pause. And so when Stacy came in here and she said that it did sound like it could be spam activity to her as well. And so that's when we consulted and said, well, do you think I should put in a ticket or email somebody? Cause you know, I didn't have an email to forward spam. So I just kind of created an email and, and, the weird thing was, you know, which can catch you off guard is he stated a name. And mm-hmm. at this time, I don't remember what his name was. I could pull up the email, but I thought, you know, it sounded like a legit phone call to an extent other than the fact that he was not kind in his mannerism. You know, that just made no sense as to why he would speak abruptly. Right. Especially if it's his first time speaking to you. If if, if there was legitimately something they were looking into, that first interaction you'd think would be a lot friendlier to, to put you at ease. So, yes, sir, to answer your question is that is my mannerism is to pause when, I, um, or as we say at Novant, have a questioning attitude when something doesn't seem correct. Have a questioning attitude. I love it. And that's one of those things we always want to highlight in, in regular interactions with people and in security and cybersecurity. If, if you're questioning everything, even just a little bit, you tend to catch a lot of those kind of those tricks. Do you... Since you, at least and to some degree, part of your job involves you working with phones, do you all get a lot of spam calls, you know, people calling about your extended warranty for your car and, and things like that? Or is it pretty abnormal to get a call that's not actually something important? Well, when I shared with the team um, later on in the week when we did our huddle as to what had happened, um they kind of shared with me that they had been receiving some of those phone calls as well to our, um, I think 6955 is our direct line that kind of like patients always call in regards to getting their arrival time, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And of course they said they just usually hang up the phone cause you know, they can kind of identify that it's not a um, legit phone call there and it's the warranty when no one had received the social security administration one, but it is the warranty, um, which, you know, I think everybody's just kind of over these phone calls <laughs> Absolutely, and kind of can pick up on them. Um, I do think, unfortunately, sometimes there are certain, um, you know, our older population sometimes can fall more, more victim to it because it is very scary to think I'm going to file legal action upon you, you know, and could, you know, if you don't practice, you know, have a questioning mannerism about yourself and you trust everyone, you could easily um, go into becoming a victim of, fraud yeah absolutely and especially if you don't if you're not really aware that that's something that can happen you know every, everyone thinks that in they were in a situation like this they would respond correctly and and wouldn't be taken advantage of but if it's in a part of your day-to-day life that you just don't expect it especially that's when that's when it can happen so do you have any advice that you would give to people who might receive a call like this? Obviously, practice with a questioning attitude seems to be the big one, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and anything else that you can think of of how to handle it. Well, I think just the practicing with a question attitude is key. Um, don't fall victim and let someone bully you or um, kind of try to convince you that you need to provide information. And then just always... Um, just like I asked him, just may I place you on hold one moment, please? And, you know, seek your leader. Um, like I am a leader within the facility here, but I also have my one up who I reached out to and I said, I am completely unsure of this. And, you know, together 
two minds are always better than one. Um, you can always reach out or phone a friend <laughs> and say, hey, I need help with this. Um, I'm not really sure what to do. And um, ask for their name and number and ask if you can call them back when it's convenient for you that they have reached you during the time when you're providing patient care and you're not able to speak with them. And you would be glad to follow up with them later. But um, at this moment, you aren't able to speak with them. More than likely, they're not going to give you a legit phone number. But And then just one other really simple thing also with placing them on hold, if you're near a computer or even on your phone, Google the phone number really quick and see if there's been any reports that people have put out of getting these fake calls from a phone number. That can give you an answer really fast as well. So um, I think that is about all the questions that I have for you. This is a very interesting story. It's it's a very short story, and I love that it has a very positive ending uh, as far as everything is concerned, but it's it's still disconcerting that things like this are happening probably all the time to people. And for every person like you, Tracy, that, that handles it well, there is somebody who doesn't handle it so well. We want to help make sure that, that all of Novant Health is educated on these kind of things so they can all be Tracy's and not be victims. So thank you again for, for being willing to talk with us and share this story with us. Absolutely. Thank you. So Tracy handled this phone call exactly as you should, and her example is one that should be followed. Had she provided information to this bad actor, it could have led to identity theft or financial loss, depending on the information that they had asked for. Now we're going to hear from Joel, one of our information security incident responders, to learn a little more about these types of phone calls. We'll give you some more tools for responding to these phone calls and what you can do after the fact. I'm here with Joel Horn. He is one of our incident responders here for Novant Health, and he's going to give us a little more information on voice phishing or vishing scams such as this one. Joel, how are you doing today? Oh, great. Thanks, Drew. Good. Glad to hear it. So my first question for you is, what do the DHS or the FBI or any of those agencies have to say about phone scams like this one that our friend Tracy experienced? Well, they're advising people to use caution when answering uh, phone calls from numbers you don't recognize. And they say, you know, don't give money or gift cards to anyone that you don't personally know or trust because that's what the bad guys are trying to get you to do is give them something. And uh, never give out your social security um, numbers, your banking numbers, your personal information, or any other identifiable information that could you know, let them know more about you, especially over the phone or to people that you don't know. Perfect. Um, so who are these callers impersonating? Who are they pretending to be? Well, right now there's uh, any government agency pretty much is being impersonated. Um, there are IRS-related phishing scams going on. The uh, FBI has notified people that there are scams that are threatening you know, jail time if you don't respond. Um, there are uh, U.S. government agencies being impersonated that are offering financial aid. Um, they're offering COVID relief or in this case, um, social security admin scams where they threaten to take you to court or to prosecute you if you don't answer their questions. Goodness. So if they exist, they're being impersonated, basically. That's correct. So Okay, so how do these scammers get phone numbers to call? Well, you know, that's a big question everyone's asking. Um, but to be quite honest with you, it's so easy to get um, information. Let's say, for example, you know, anybody's phone number is readily available. They, they can just pull it out of the air pretty much like the robocallers do. But once they have a phone number, um, they can uh, look at on the Internet because when you sign up for an app or use your phone number on social media or you buy a product, I mean, you're, you're attaching your phone number to 
to pretty much everything that you do. And if the attacker wants to come after someone, they're going to take that uh, information. They're going to look at the phone number. I mean, a simple Google uh, search will sometimes reveal a great amount of information about someone. Um, you know, maybe you process a loan and somehow that information is out there in the internet. Well, that gives them a lot of information like your last name, your first name, um, sometimes even your date of birth. But they can use that information and try to make it seem like it's a lot more personable. They're trying to um, trick you into believing they are who they say they are. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of different ways for them to to pull this information out. So our, our friend Tracy actually got this call at her desk phone um, and they knew her name. So that's something they probably found just through some, some Googling and, and public records. Yeah, likely that's going to be the case. So if you're a team member whose job requires you to give out contact information or to speak on the phone and give out your name and phone number, be extra cautious with calls like these. Always be careful to know who you're talking to and to understand what it is that they need before you give out any sensitive information, especially anything that's related to your identity or financial information. Okay, so other than hanging up, which Tracy ultimately did, uh, is there anything else we should do if we get a call like this? Well, sure. If you receive a scam type phone call and you don't fall victim for it, um, there's a website called reportfraud.ftc.gov. And uh, it's obviously made by the FTC for reporting this kind of uh, activity. It's very user friendly. They have streamlined the experience for you to go out there and provide them with information uh, on these uh, online scams and imposter calls. And then if you found that you become a victim, let's say uh, you fell for them and you um, maybe you gave them some money or you gave them your credit card information or um, some other you know type of monetary loss, well, you've been a victim of crime. And so you, there's an Internet Crime Complaint Center. It's www.ic3.gov. And uh, you can report that crime there. So if you've been victimized, you can report it there. And an interesting stat that uh, in 2019, the Internet Crime Complaint Center said that there were 13,873 people that reported being victims of government impersonation scams with losses totaling more than $124 million. Oh, my gosh. That's that's crazy. And that just shows, you know, that this is a big deal. Uh, maybe, maybe you've received calls like this and you don't, you don't understand how anyone could fall for it. But, but this shows you right here that many people are, and it, it is a big deal. And so that's why we're hoping that this information helps somebody or anybody out there that hears this, um, because we don't want you to fall for this. We want you to be like Tracy, to be, you know, suspicious from the get go when you hear something that sounds strange and that you protect yourself. Um, so we'll make sure to include those links in the description of this episode, and um, we'll have it up on the CyberSmart website for you to find as well. Joel, do you have anything else that you want to add? Any closing thoughts or parting wisdom? I just say be cautious on everything that you, you whether it's an email, a phone call. If someone reaches out to you and you're not expecting it, use extreme caution and never recall them on a number they provide. If they say they're from the government, look them up. Uh, find a phone number online from a reputable source and call that number and then ask for the person that said they were trying to call you and go that route. That's that's really great advice. And that applies to any call from anyone impersonating anybody. 
uh, a popular one, I'm going to piggyback off of that, is calls from your bank or your credit card. Uh, hang up and then call the number that's on the back of your credit card. And if it's the same people and if they say, yes, that was us, then you verified that it was a, a true phone call and not a scam. So, all right, Joel, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for the information. I even learned something new. So that's awesome. And I'm excited to share this with everybody. So thank you for your time and we'll talk later. Thanks, Drew. So now you know what to do if you ever find yourself answering one of these calls. Thanks to Tracy and Joel, you're now just a little more cyber smart. Thank you for joining me and have a great rest of the day.